Welcome inside the world of Duotone, everybody. Joining me today in the studio, I have our current world champion, James Carew. James, how's it going, mate? Awesome, Joe. Awesome to be here doing this podcast with you today. And uh, yeah, man, yeah, life's been good. You've had a pretty good year, eh, mate. I mean, coming up on top, getting in the World Championship. We've been talking about that one in a few years. I've seen you down in Portugal surfing pretty tiny, minute waves. Looks like you're enjoying yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this year kicked off with a bang. I mean, I've done some of the craziest shit I think I've ever done in my life. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been insane this year. I've been, I've been based in Portugal and, yeah, just just... Trying not to kill myself in, in stupid big waves. <laughs> that would be a good thing because we do want to see you back next season, mate. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> so, James, before we get into what you've kind of been up to over the last year, let's um, go in, into a little bit of the background. Where does James Carew come from and where did your kiting journey start? Yes, I mean, I'm obviously from Australia. I'm from uh, Melbourne, Australia. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I really started kiting when I was around 10 or 11, something like this. Um, and, yeah, I was always a surfer, but um, my dad was a windsurfer, and um, I didn't really want to be a windsurfer. I wanted to be a kiter because my uncles were kiters, and I thought, right, I want to be like my uncles, so so I'm going to be a kiter, you know? And then, um, yeah, around around 10, I started on the trainer kite, and, and, yeah, I just really wanted to get on the water, get on the surfboard, you know, whenever I went on shore surf with shit so I really want to kite you know I want to get out there I want to, I want to be amongst it all the time and, and yeah I mean as soon as I as soon as I picked up a kite really it was just it was on you know it was on I loved it it must have been a really good combination I mean obviously you know coming from a place like Australia where surfing is it's in your blood you know we, we can tell that when you're out on the water especially with yourself like you know when the waves start to get big your smile gets even bigger and bigger you can see you kind of drive off of that energy but I guess also for when the, when the surf is a little bit smaller but blown out it must have been a really good combination for you as a kid. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for sure where I come from, it's, it's you know, it's cold water, it's deep water, it's it's like, it has a really heavy feel to it, you know, even when, when it's small, it feels you know, like heavy. Um, it's, it's, it's strange, but I mean, we get a lot of the big surf down there and, and yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty used to the big surf. I mean, now I love it, you know, it's, it's one of my passions, big waves, and sure it has a big part of where I grew up um, to do with that. And I mean, yeah, where I actually grew up, like the town where I grew up, there is waves it's just wind waves so basically terrible conditions all the time but i'd be frothing because whenever there's 30 odds there's like a, a two foot wave a three foot wave and and that would be my waves you know so it was at least an hour drive to the to the beach so to the you know the ocean beach so i mean i got really comfortable in really bad conditions and yeah i mean in silt you know in, in 2021 and silt was like the dream conditions for me it was like as if my home spot was on steroids you know it was it was insane it was so <laughs> comfortable i'd just grown up in that stuff so yeah, it was perfect so james i mean talking about silt let's um let's have a little talk about your journey you've you know we've known each other for quite a few years now you came on to tour you were rookie of the tour you were the the kid the youngster or the guy now that everybody was talking about um you know we could see you had that fire but like you said you came from a pure surfing background i mean i, I remember the likes of yourself and sebastian rubedo and even pedro matas all of the duotone boys that you guys 
hated, and I'm going to repeat, hated strapless freestyle. But one of the things we could tell with you was you wanted to be a world champion. And if you want to be a world champion, you got to be good at everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just like you said. I mean, when Strapless Freestyle became a thing, I hated it. I hated it. I didn't want to do it. I wanted to add waves and, and you know, I wanted to push in the waves and, and that's it. You know, the Strapless Freestyle was, was kind of like a joke and it was kind of stupid. And I, was, I, just, I don't want to do this, you know, it's, it's not what I want to do. But yeah, it, it came a time where everyone was kind of thinking the same thing. Everyone really hated it, but it didn't matter. It wasn't going to change, you know. It was there, and it was, it was not going anywhere. So I was like, you know what? Like, I need to do this. It needs to happen. I want to be a world champ, and you know, that's when my mindset really changes. It's, it's kind of became if I need to do it, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it better than anyone else. So yeah, I mean, I just put my head down and. You know, closed my eyes, turned my ears off, and and got to work, and, and that was probably one of the turning points of my career. And and I mean, here we are now, and I mean, strapless big air, I love it. I, mean, I love it. I'm I'm here on a trip now in Tarifa. Like it's, it's basically just just strapless freestyle, strapless big air. You know, they get waves here. And back then, I would I would never ever think that I'm going on a trip where there's no waves. You know. <laughs> it's just strapless big air or strapless mm-hmm. freestyle or whatever and yeah it, it's kind of crazy to look back and and think you know when once I, I hated it i really didn't want to do it and, and now I'm, I'm loving it you know thriving off i know we can we can see you loving it and also one of the things we see with you is you're one of those guys that when you're out on the water, you really take from the people that are with you. If there's riders that are pushing you, you push harder. And if there's if guys that are going to drive you, you can really see you You have that competi- competitive edge. You have that pit bull rock viler kind of feel. And I think one of the guys that I'd say has positively pushed you and driven you from the beginning of your career has got to be your teammate, Ayrton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ayrton is a huge part of, of my success for sure. Um, and just, just as you said, like the the energy in the water, I, I love it. And I, I, if there's there's a couple of people in the water pushing themselves, even if they're twin tip riders these days, you know, anyone, anyone in the water that's just like pushing it, I love it, man. I'm, I'm like I attach to it, and it just makes me go even harder. Um, yeah, it's like I don't know if that little people inside me. I just want to want to go hard, want to go bigger, want to go. Like be better than you, whatever. Just just want to push it. And airtime is is basically the same, you know. If if you're on the water with him, you you know he does something crazy, you do something crazy, he does something crazier, and then you just got to step it up, step it up, step it up, whole session. You know, and it's it's awesome because he's has so much talent, you know, and he works so hard that he's he's an incredible athlete on the water. He's he's incredible. So riding with him and pushing yourself to the limits with him is like. It's insane, and I mean, yeah, I got to thank him a lot for where I am because without his motivation and his push, for sure, I, I wouldn't wouldn't be at the level that I am. Nah, I mean, Ayrton, he he is the the instigator and one of the original guys to really push the strapless freestyle. And I'm gonna throw this out there: when am I gonna see a three one five? Because I know Ayrton's done it. <laughs> There's a few other things to work first, but it's coming. You'll have to go down yeah. the seven now. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think one of the things we've always seen, uh, especially you and Ayrton, is you guys are good friends on and off the water. You travel. I think that's one of the really nice things about the Duotone team 
is there is that family vibe. But I'm going to quote what you said in Denmark is, yeah, we're all family off of the water. But as soon as I get out on the water, all I want to do is rip their heads off. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, it's it's, it's a competition. It's, it's like, yeah, we're, we're friends off the water, sure. But as soon as it's on the water, yeah, I want to rip your head off. I want to, I want to beat you. I want to, I, mean, I want to beat you down and, and win. And um, yeah, it's it's really why I love competition. I love to be face to face with my opponent and and there feeding off the energy and you know staring them in the eyes and in the heat of the moment on the water with them. I just I love it. I just can't explain. I just love it. So, um, James, let's talk a little bit about your world champion journey. It kind of started off, we saw, of course, the original when you became rookie on the tour. You had the talent, didn't have the freestyle, but then started to get the freestyle, get the, if I'm not mistaken, the first win, you had a big air win in Fuerteventura where we could see that suddenly the surfer could do tricks, flips and spins. We were like, oh, watch out, this guy could become complete. But I think one of the crucial turning moments for me was Cape Verde. The year before the pandemic, you were there, you were on the water, and you are literally, you were unbeatable. You had the vibe, you had the energy that I think is so important that you almost were going out on the water, winning your heats before you even started. And when we saw you get up on that podium for the first time, I think that was uh, definitely a turning point in your career because the smile and the fire started to come out. Yeah, yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. That that competition really set me up for for you know my last year's successes. And yeah, as you said, that first comp in Fort Ventura, that big air comp that I won, I, I think I, I surprised myself more than anyone else. It's just it, it's possible, you know. <laughs> Strapless freestyle. <laughs> Strapless freestyle. Yeah, it it from then it just became a thing, you know. And and from there my mindset changed. But in Cabo Verde that that year it was it was kind of like. You know, I, I was telling myself I was going to win. I was envisioning it. I had all everything going on, and and you know, I, I really wanted it. But after actually winning and and really feeling unstoppable and and feeling like I'm um I was a step above everyone else in that comp, um, it just you know like reassured me that that it's not I'm not just talking to myself. It's not bullshit. It's not like I'm just being cocky or whatever. It's it's a thing, you know. It's it's gonna happen. I I won, and I'm gonna do it again. And I'm gonna do it again. And I'm gonna get that world title, you know. And then the the visions and everything else they became real. It was like a tangible idea, you know. And and from yeah, from that comp on, it was it was on, you know. It's game time, and it just yeah, it hasn't stopped. The motivation is so high right now, and yeah, just loving to push it. I'm loving it. We can see and we saw at that moment that, you know, there was a the first kind of stepping stones in the path or the st- first bricks to the pyramid that you were going to achieve throughout the, you know, kind of what would it have been your fourth year, third, fourth year of the of the tour, kind of fully dedicating yourself to a professional kiter? Yeah, so I think it was my second full year on tour just because the two years before that I had still been in school. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I'm pretty sure it was my second full year. Um but I mean, yeah. Before that, I I done comps for the, the two years before that. Being in school, it was just kind of hard to fully concentrate because half my time was gone already. But um, yeah, it was concentration's always been one of your strong points. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, one of the things that we also saw, James, you actually had a very hard time because it's literally just after you won that first event in Cape Verde, the world went nuts. 
all everything went crazy we had the lockdown and there was pretty much a year and a half before we could get back onto the competitive scene how did that affect you because obviously you knew you were on top but then everybody had a year and a half to get their stuff together but of course on your side also if you know looking at how everybody competed and how everybody handled the pandemic i think there was very few riders like yourself and Ayrton, for example that really took the time to actually improve and dedicate themselves fully to it yeah yeah i mean that year after Cabo Verde, I was I was like, it's on, you know. I'm gonna win this year. I'm gonna. All I want to do is compete. I wanted to get to the next comp. I want to get to the next spot and just train my ass off and, and go for it. You know, I had this feeling that it was it was aligning. It was gonna happen. Um, and then, and yeah, as you said, everything just turned off and and fully shut down. And it was kind of like, it was strange because I was really missing to compete, but yeah, I couldn't compete, so I had to really channel my energy in different ways. And um, yeah, it's like you said, everyone kind of everyone kind of switched off when the comp switched off, and I kind of mm-hmm. noticed that and and realized, you know, it, it it feels like no one's really doing anything. Everyone's stuck, you know. Everyone's kind of in their own thing, doing not really doing much. And I was like, it was one of those situations where no one's doing it, and maybe I'm the only one doing it, and and that really motivates me. Also, that's one of the things that pushes me. If, if there's no one doing it, then I'm going to do it, you know, and I'm, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And just the fact that there's no one there is, is going to push me so hard. And, and during that time, I, I spent a lot of time here in Teresa and, and kind of up my, my sharpest game. And I did a couple of wave trips. You know, I was really just going for it, training, traveling as much as I could. It was super hard because, yeah, I mean, you couldn't really travel. But, yeah, finding little little rabbit holes and little back doors through into different countries and, yeah, I just I didn't stop. I didn't stop, and I think that's that's really what set me up for for the world title, the first world title, because you know we got to the, the first comps and everybody was nervous. Everybody was was you could yeah. see it. No one was right. Wow, you could way. feel it. it. Was yeah, everyone was was they hadn't been they hadn't competed for that level in in what, almost two years. So whereas I had you know, and I'd been pushing myself and I, I'd been ready. You know, I'd, I'd envisioned these moments. I knew I was going to get nervous, and I was ready. So I think yeah. It was it was just set up set up for me really. And like you said also, you know, starting off in Silt Germany, you've been a duotone rider from the beginning, but to be able to kind of have the 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 start, the you know, the the gun going off and exploding in Germany with the whole Baltimore family watching, that was a pretty good place to pull it off. <laughs> yeah, it was the perfect place to pull it off. And I mean that that comp is that Set up on the beach is huge, you know, and there was there was a lot of people watching for the finals. I think it was probably the most people I ever saw at a GK comp on the beach. It was, it was full, you know, and it, it was pretty crazy because it's freezing, like it's freezing, and it's just like 35 knots onshore, raining, <laughs> the middle of Germany is like, why are you on the beach, you know? But yeah, everyone was <laughs> there and everyone was watching. It was really cool. And I, and we could also see we could see you were you were you know driving off of that energy. Obviously, Ayrton and you came off of you guys had made that big air video where you guys are really starting to push that big air scene. And then you also saying it's you know similar to the conditions you have back home. Silk kind of it was destined to lock it all in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, silk for me was like it's a, it's a really hard condition, you know, because there's a lot of current. You're always getting pushed to the beach. 
and it's kind of like you feel like if you if you really do a big jump, you're gonna land on the sand. Um, yeah, the the waves are super hard to find because they're not actual waves; they're just from the wind. But they're just mm-hmm. they were like five foot, but they're wind waves, so it's really hard. But like for someone like myself who's grown up in that that condition, it was literally just an oversized condition that I get at home. So I was like frothing, and I was I was so at home and so calm on the water, just. I knew what to do, you know, I knew where to go, I knew everything. I know, it's definitely destined for you to be on the podium one more time. And then after that, of course, we moved over to a few countries. Denmark, unfortunately, we didn't have any wins. So once again, another wait. You could see that you were ready, but kind of, you know, wondering what is happening. It's kind of frustrating, I can imagine, to a point. But then came, you know, that beautiful right-hander of Dakla. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I was, I was a little disappointed that Mike didn't have him because that spot is actually really, really nice. And for, it for is. A comp, like, we got it the week before, and it was, it's, it's a really sick spot. It's really nice. But um, yeah, then we went to Morocco, and I, I've, I mean, I've never really done very well in Morocco. I, I mean, I've got some okay results, but I've never been really happy with my riding. So I went there for a month before the comp, and I was like. You know, there's no one here. Everyone hates that place. <laughs> if you go there for too long, you're probably going to get sick or the, sometimes it's really hard to score conditions. And yeah, so I went there and I went there for a month and I said, you see it. I'm going to, I'm going to come here and I'm going to give it like everything and whatever happens, happens. I knew, I obviously knew the world title was, was right there, but um, it was kind of the last thing on my mind, you know, because I didn't want to stress myself out. I didn't want to, you know, of course. You know, think about it too much. I knew if, if I do well, I'm going to win. So I said, all right, I'm going to do well. And, um, yeah, I mean, in the end, I, I didn't I didn't do too well in that comp. But, I mean, I did enough and I got the world title. And, and yeah. You, I'm going to say, you almost gave me a heart attack in that quarterfinals, mate. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I had, I remember I had beers ready underneath the, the screen of the live stream. And when you fell off, I think the first wave and second wave, you were not pulling it together. I was like, I do not want to be drinking alone. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, I mean, yeah, that spot is always really tricky for me. And, and the comp we had there now was super tricky and I was kind of, just pushing myself a little bit too much and I still didn't actually know if, if I was going to win after that heat or not. Um, I, everybody had been telling me, but I, I like, I didn't know for sure, you know? Yeah. But I, it was close. I kinda, yeah, it was close. <laughs> no, nah, but I think as, as soon as I remember that, um, you know, the boys, they gave me the results. I jumped on the mic and when I shouted and I'm going to say shouted that world champion result through your face said it all. You couldn't believe it. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. It's was, it was a dream come true, you know, and it's it's one of those moments where I was like, I've seen it so many times in my mind and I've, I've told myself so many times and it's like, you know, it's like, it's like something you dreamt of and it, and it happened, you know, and it's those words coming across the mic and, you know, everyone running to me and, and all the rest, like, yeah, it's, it's something that I've, I've seen so many times in my head and it, and it just, it came true. It was like, I wasn't sure if it was real or what was happening. Oh, it was real. It was definitely real. And I got a, I got a feeling you're going to want to see that moment again. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I fell in love with that moment. 
No, we could we we could see the energy, and I mean, you know, as they say, hard work pays off, James. I mean, you have been, you know, nailing and hammering away comp after comp throughout the last couple of years, and you've always been there. But there was always something that didn't link it together. But mate, this year it definitely looks like you got all your shit together, as they would say. And dude, on you know, from all of us, congratulations, mate. You wow deserve it. Thank you, mate. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's um been a been a fight but yeah as you said everything's starting to click together and and it's all meshing together and yeah if anything i'm I'm more motivated than ever you know it's watch out he's motivated than ever (laughs) so obviously james after the win you know there's you know a little bit of a downtime you can you can chill out but you have been going absolutely bonkers in Nazare in Portugal you've been spending the winter there I remember I can't I was I lost you for a couple of weeks and then the first thing I saw you was surfing 50 foot waves I think I think I sent you a message and said what the fuck are you doing <laughs> yeah I mean I, I got I got I finished that year and I, I kind of told myself no like I need a rest it's been it's been a lot of year, a long year you know a lot of emotions have been happening in the last couple of weeks I need, to, I need to relax, you know, and I was just so motivated. I was, like, so hyped to improve myself and, and hit it harder and get to the next level. I couldn't. I couldn't stop. I stopped for, like, a week, and then that was it. It was back on. <laughs> so I said, all right, I got to go. I was in Brazil, and and the summer in Brazil, it, it was not it was not in my vibe. You know, it's, it's kind of very chill, and it's not a lot of waves, not a lot of winds. I said, no, nah, that's it. I'm going to Portugal. It's the winter. You know that that ocean wants to kill you every day. <laughs> Go on there. there, and yeah, I got the call to come and come and surf Nazare, and yeah, I do. Don't even know what to say. It's it's the craziest shoot I ever saw in my life. It's like 50, 80 foot waves, like triangles. You know, like a, a triangle that's four or five stories high. <laughs> it's, just, it's it's crazy. Like the the power of Mother Nature is just. It's ridiculous, you know. It's it's your mind can't comprehend what you're seeing when you're on the water and you know, it's when you're on the rope behind the ski and you're getting towed into one of these things. Like the first couple of waves I got out, I couldn't look at the wave. I had to look straight and then just let go of the rope and then be like, All right, I'm either going right or I'm going left, you know? <laughs> just, just pray that my, my driver put me in a good spot and, and if I fall off he's gonna be behind it and pick me up, you know? Because couldn't couldn't comprehend what's happening. This can't be James Carew straight lining. Nah, I can't believe that. <laughs> nah, on the first couple of waves, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy, but um, yeah, I mean, it kind of the whole season I was there in Portugal and getting really used to these waves and a kind of a couple of days too. How was that? Get a huge day kiting. Um, well, the one day I did the good day I did get kiting. It was it was kind of too windy. Um, I was on my eight and I couldn't even step wind. It was so windy. But um, yeah, it, it's crazy because it, it's kind of I had a ski for backup, but it's a little different because you you know you're fully in control. Um, it's it's like you're driving the ski and then you're letting go of, go of the rope if you know what I mean. Like you you have the safety there, but you know, you you yeah you're all alone. Like you're in the middle of the ocean, all alone, and I mean there's no one else out there because it's so windy. It's just me, and yeah, there's just these mountains just coming at you and you just got to decide which one you want to take um it's, it's, it's undescribable i mean really crazy just to feel the energy and the power in the ocean out there 
It seems like this year has been a big year, um, a big wave year as well. I mean, we've seen, you know, Patri, Olivia, we've seen Jesse over in Maui's at Piahi, and then Nazare has also been going off left, right and center. It seems like the, you know, the planet has some energy and is trying to tell us something. Yeah, yeah. The big waves have been inspiring everywhere. I mean, it's crazy from this year in Portugal. I mean, there wasn't a lot of wind, but the energy in the ocean and the power was like, it was unreal. Almost, almost every day there was huge waves, and and yeah, was, there were some 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 storms this year that were just like ridiculous. You know, so much power, and yeah, it feels like it's setting up for a pretty pretty crazy year so far. No, it does. I I, I got I got a feeling the twenty two twenty three season is going to be one for the memory books, mate. And James, so obviously big wave but also if you know if i know you well enough you're going to want to compete and from what you told me a couple of days ago you got a toe contest tomorrow <laughs> yes <laughs> yes i did have a toe contest tomorrow i don't know if it's gonna happen um but uh yeah i'm actually really keen to, to compete in big waves um i did one paddle comp in nazare um earlier this year um which was kind of my first day paddling out there and it was like 50 60 feet like I didn't even know what to do. You know, <laughs> I scared of it in my life. <laughs> run, run yeah, is um, the word. Run, <laughs> run is the word. Yeah, the problem is you can't run fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of on the search for some some comps, and yeah, I would, I, would, I really want to, yeah. Just do a couple and see what happens. Now, I think I, I mean, you know, like I said, we've known each other for a very long time. You need an adrenaline rush, you know, down downtime for the season. Nah, you need to you need to get that adrenaline in, and it is that adrenaline that drives you. And you know, the only the only thing I'm concerned about now is that when it's about twelve foot, you're not going to be smiling as much anymore, mate. <laughs> yeah, you know, actually now when it's like six eight feet, I'm, I'm like killing myself i'm just going on everything all the time <laughs> like the fear the fear of, of kind of anything under 10 foot now is just gone <laughs> it's crazy i'm not surprised after four-story buildings coming at you like a freight train <laughs> well james to close off i have a question for you that a lot of our listeners have been asking for the Groms, what is the journey? What is the way to go? You've been a rookie. You've gone up through the ranks. You have the sponsorships now, you know, becoming world champions. What are the words to kind of give advice to those Groms up and coming to be able to, you know, pursue that dream that you were once pursuing but now have it in the bag? Yeah, I mean, wow, there's so many things I could, I could, I could tell the Groms these days. I mean, I love to see the Groms out there pushing it and, and these days, there's actually quite a few girls pushing it. I mean, they're, they're really stepping up their stuff. And, um, I mean, yeah, the, the biggest thing for me was, you know, try and, try and find some sort of edge or some sort of, you know, way in and just, just put your head down and work. Like, just work. It doesn't matter if, if you don't want to do it. You're going to have to do a lot of things you don't want to do. You just, For example, with me with Straps Three Side, I didn't want to do it. I hated it. But, you know, it was at that point, it was kind of my edge. Like, everyone hates it. So that's it. And put my head down. I'm gonna do it, and uh, you know, put my head down and, and did it until it worked. And um, a lot of times I almost gave up. And um, yeah, in the end I didn't, and I am I'm here now, world champ. And yeah, I mean that's probably my advice. Just just find your edge and, and really do it until it works. Just grind away until it works. 
Well, there you have it, kids. There you have it, Grums. The word is drop the shoulder, push forward, and you will have it if you can get it. That is the words from our current world champion. James, thank you very much for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you, Joe. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, I hope to be able to open a couple of cold ones very soon with you, mate. (laughs) Very soon. And thank you very much, everybody, for listening in. That was James Carew, your current world champion, and this is Inside the World of Duotone. (laughs) 